It's the end of horror season, but that's okay. You've got the Movie Crew Podcast. And tonight we're talking about Scott Cooper's Antlers. What a bland ass <laughs> fucking name for all of that shit. Scott Cooper. Oh, oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. I'll, I'll make it better. I'll make it. And tonight we're talking about Guillermo del Toro's Antlers. See, it's just better if you say it like that. You no trouble. Me, You will be a weapon. You will be a minister of death praying for war. But until that day, you are cute. Sound off like you got a pair. Yes, I was wondering what would break first. Your spirit or your money. You get nothing. You lose. Good day, sir. God is dead. The city is headed for a disaster of biblical proportion. What do you mean, biblical? What he means is Old Testament, yes. the mayor. Real wrath of God type stuff. Dead fire and brimstone coming down from the skies. Rivers and seas boiling. Forty years of darkness, earthquakes, volcanoes, the dead rising from the grave. Human sacrifice, dogs and cats living together. Mass hysteria. Welcome to the podcast. We are your host. I'm editor Brian Elkins. With me here tonight, cinematographer Mr. Jerry Callen. How you doing, Brian? I am swell and dandy. Swell and dandy. Beautiful horns tonight, sir. <laughs> oh, they're <laughs> antlers. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, you're looking a bit horny. I mean, antlery. We also have with us costume designer Kristen Jones. Hello, hello. Beautiful prongs, Kristen. Beautiful prongs. <laughs> <laughs> How many different oh. names for antlers are there? Holy fuck. I'm going to work on a couple others. Let's God just break damn. out the thesaurus. <laughs> yeah, do, do you have a thesaurus hey. in front of you? Hey, Kristen, nice rack. And I mean, that's the only way I could really... Oh, oh my God. <laughs> I'm, I've got a couple more we'll come up with, I'm sure. Holy crap. <laughs> the night is young, right? Oh, goodness. That's the only way I could ever get away with saying that. Uh, <laughs> it's because uh, she's got beautiful antlers. You make a great Wendigo. Wendigo girl. I'm sorry. Oh. Antlers that grow out of your mouth? <laughs> no, that doesn't make any sense. It comes out of the mouth, but then the face isn't ripped, and I don't know. We're, we'll get there. It's just weird. That face was ripped. That was. I thought that was the coolest moment in the whole movie. No, it's hanging like a mask in front of its face. Yeah. All together, I don't know. I, I thought that that was an allusion to uh, w- uh, the horn coming out of um, what's her face's n- uh, mouth in Jacob's Ladder. That's what I thought of. Oh, I did not think of that at all. Obviously, you need to watch more Jacob's Ladder. Uh, <laughs> it has been four years. Maybe it's three. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I. I, I uh... I, I like the practical effects, but yeah, the, the antlers coming out of the mouth, that, that confused me, and I thought that was that was weird. But, I mean, I don't know. I also get it at the same time, you know. 
shit coming out of your yeah. mouth, gross. It it would be different if the antler came out of his ass. I mean, what, what other orifice is there, really? So, I mean, like, I don't know. They come out of his shoulders or, like, God forbid, like, his fucking head. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> well, because instant, well, you think that if, if antlers were to pop out of the side of your head that you're instantly dead. For some reason, the, if, it just, if it just is coming out of your throat, then it's possible that you're still suffering with that. But if, if something is exploding out of your head, then you're pretty much thinking that that guy's wasted. Well, when it was coming out of his mouth, that was, I think that was kind of when he died, right? Like that was him bursting out of the body, right? Yeah, he was like, so it, it could have gone through his head and he could also have been dead. I guess that's instant. true. Yeah. I think they just wanted to do the mouth. Yeah, I didn't, uh, I didn't get the, the, the feeling that the father was like even in the Wendigo at the end. It was just all monster at that point. Why isn't the Wendigo killing the children? Uh, I assumed because they were effect, uh, infected as well. Well, at least just, one of them was. Yeah. The well, other they, one no. brought him food, so he's Well, the smart. other one's infected as well, because at the end, he's coughing up chocolate milk. Okay, we got to talk about that, man. I, I I know you said that after we walked out of the theater. So at the, you know, at the end of the movie where you see Jesse Plemons, and he's got... I don't know what, milk. yeah, whatever the black goo is that runs out of your eyes and nose. But before that, when they the wipe it out of the kid's mouth. Yeah, but I, I think that was just like dirt to like to like fake you no, out. No, no. Did Come you on see now. this, Kristen? No, I didn't see it. I mean, I do remember her wiping his mouth. I just thought he was dirty because he's dirty the whole movie. She's like, damn, it's time to give you a bath. Yeah, <laughs> he needed a bath like at multiple points throughout this movie. He's like living a death. I, I, I like how the movie, they show how stinky everything is. Everybody's like, oh, God. You know that little kid's at school just reeking. He's like the yeah. deacon of reeking in the back of class. I'm surprised that he was even allowed <laughs> to be in school looking like that and probably smelling like that. And this was she was the first person who was like, hey, maybe there's a problem. Here. <laughs> well, apparently in this fucking Oregon town, they're just like, well, but the kids, parents are meth dealers. Like, what do you want us to do? Call social services? <laughs> they're not going to do anything. I mean, they're making it down in the mine. If it explodes, it's contained. I mean, at least they're being like, very responsible about making their meth. Hell, I've seen Breaking Bad. I know how much money they can make. At least they're fucking like, giving to the city. <laughs> Bring it yeah, back to the community. She- she made that like the whoever the principal or whoever was like, well, look, we don't want to upset the parents because at least he's coming to school and he's safe yeah. here. And I was like, what? we can watch him at least eight hours a day. But are you even like, is he even eating? There's so many questions about this little child's well-being. And then the teacher's like, I want to adopt him. <laughs> I'm like, no, that's such a bad idea. <laughs> So they can trauma bond. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what they're doing. No, it's she's it's, like, I can't save myself, so I'm gonna save you. No, I was I was thinking back on it, like you know, uh, her and her brother went through like an abusive relationship with a father, and then he ended up uh, like, did she, she, who left? He left. She, she left. left. She he left and left there. him behind, which is actually exactly what's happening with the little boy and his uh, brother and the dad. Like the dad was is. Ba- "Quote unquote abusing or whatever, and he leaves him with him, like up in the attic with a, with a creature, and while he's, I don't know, it, it, they, they kind of like parallel their psychoses. Yeah, but that doesn't mean she should take care of him. She is not qualified, and no, she, no, needs, she understands what he's going through. She, no, she needs just as much <laughs> help as he does. <laughs> they can help each other. No, that is not how it works. Yeah, that's clearly where they're trying to go. You know, they're like, no. oh, see, look, they, they are trauma bonding. They, they're together." No. Wounded I like how she like took his hand like she's trying so hard to be his mom. And I was like, girl, 
You just need to let well, it go. <laughs> don't they? Don't they bring up like how's it? How can you recover from this? You know, like how, from something like that. Like we're just going through that. Um, you're going to recover by going by by you know being with someone else who's been through something similar. Well, no, okay, hold on, because I guess if you're going to go that route, you need to find someone who's who's gone through something similar and like healed and is okay, not somebody who's like still actively traumatized. <laughs> <laughs> Cause that's not gonna help. Yeah, Carrie Russell's character, like e- even when her brother enters the room and she's playing that piano and she's got those weird like flashbacks with her dad, where it's very strongly implied that he raped her or did something. I don't know. That, Somehow molested her. Yeah. Yeah, it's really bizarre when he's like crying on the bed later in that oh, weird flashback. Well, if he's molesting her or raping her or in some fashion, some sort of sexual abuse, right? I mean, it would make sense that. I mean, I don't know if it makes sense, but like it, it would, it would, I could, I could follow the line of logic there that he is also using her like in like intimate situations. Like it's not appropriate, obviously, but like, <laughs> you know, I, 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 I don't know. I, it, like it was a very disturbing scene, but I bought it in the context of the whole disturbing movie. Yeah. It just, it, I don't know. I go back and forth. Like sometimes I like the fact that the backstory is kind of vague. Like it, it gives you enough where you can just piece things in. But then at other times I'm like, no, fuck you. I want to know a little bit more. I need, I need to know a little bit more about this relationship. Cause it's, it's so vague that by the time the movie ends, I have a hard time identifying with the, the brother and sister, the two main characters that we're following. Yeah. I actually agree with you because if I didn't get enough there, and I kind of get it because if sometimes if you give too much, you don't really care. Like, like you, you know, you, you don't understand or care about the characters. But like, if you don't give enough, you also don't understand or care about the characters. And I just kind of felt like they were making bad decisions, and I had no idea why. But and I didn't really like their their dialogue between each other, and it's the way those scenes played out. So I get they're awkward, and and they're still learning to they're living together, but they're you know they've got some some issues they're working through. Um, but they just never talk, though. They always talk. Yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's quiet. Talking. Yeah, it's just yeah. Like even when he goes into that room and he's like, I, "Yeah, I thought." Right, I think it's the piano scene. But he keeps like scaring her. Yeah, like, just, he goes just, in like, there yeah. and he's like, "I thought we'd clear the air," and it's and then they they just leave. That she's scene. she's traumatized. She's like, "No, no," but like he doesn't understand that she's going through some shit right there. Well, she I mean, just, she just saw some shit. She's having like PTSD, like she has PTSD and she's having, oh, what are those called? Like the flashbacks and um, the startle reflex. And she has like all of that, uh, which is why I'm saying she should not be helping that little boy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, She clearly needs her own help. It's interesting that like, you know, the the movie, even the poster shows like the the little boy, uh, but it's not his movie. You know, it's it's. It's the brother and sisters uh, film. I mean, it's, it's just kind of interesting that, that I was expecting to go the other way, you know, like like you're going to be following, you know, this this kid's world. But like we're kind of like just seeing the edge of it. You know what I mean? We're like we're, we're learning things with the brother and sister instead of like, you know, if it was just all from the kid's perspective, which I thought was kind of interesting. Well, but there's not really much to go on there. He has, you know, his dad is like a deer man and his brother is sick and he feeds them. <laughs> deer man. And that's kind of it. You know, he doesn't really have much of a story. Well, I mean, in terms of like them using the monster movie in terms of like a metaphor for abuse, then I don't know. You, you would think that you would normally follow the victim, not 
the school teacher that's noticing the, the people figuring it out. Like it's yeah. kind of it's kind of like a kind of what it feels like to me is like a really like uh, one of those offshoot episodes of the X Files. Um, oh yeah. Right. That's exactly that's that's the vibe I get out of this whole thing. It's kind of like we've got this like investigation, and Mulder and Scully are doing their thing, and then they they're having their discord uh, discourse as well, you know, and and all that. It's just it just the whole time I was watching it, I was just thinking of the X Files. <laughs> I mean, d- 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 <laughs> when I got done watching this movie, I was like, man, th- this thing feels so fucking nineties. This thing screams nineteen yeah. nineties. Like David Chase directed this, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> But it does. It it doesn't feel like a you know like a, a '90s thriller like Seven. That would be like an exception to the rule. But it, it feels like those co- like a copycat, not like a copycat of Seven. But the movie copycat was Sigourney Weaver and, and Helen Hunt. <laughs> <laughs> that is also a copycat of Seven. But it, it's it's a lot like those films and the, the practical effects and everything. It does. Yeah, it feels very '90s. That's a good call in the, uh, the X Files. I did not piece that together. It's probably also shot in Canada too, which. Is one of the reasons it probably feels like a '90s film. Yeah, I, you know, they're saying it's supposed to be California, but I was sitting there looking. I was like, "Where the hell was this shot? This doesn't look like California." Was it California? I thought it was a. Uh, I thought it was Oregon. No, they're in Oregon. They're yeah. in Oregon. I saw California. T- uh, no, no, no. Plates. She's from California, oh. and she like like. But yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why the California okay. tags. All right, all right. Well, that explains it because I was like, "What the hell, <laughs> California? We don't have Native Americans in California." <laughs> well, apparently there's only one in this town. And he knows all about the crazy <laughs> shit that's going on. <laughs> Graham Greene. Oh, look at that. It's the second Graham Greene movie this year, man. We did uh, Maverick earlier. Yeah, man. A couple so months ago. Good that. It was good to see him again. He was a little shaky. They kept cutting away from his inserts because he couldn't hold shit still. But Yeah. He's got that James Colburn uh, arthritis or uh, Alzheimer's, whatever. Not Alzheimer's. What's Parkinson's. the thing? Yes, thank you. Oh, no way. I don't know if he actually has that, but he's, you know, it looks like he's, it just may be the old man shake. Oh, I didn't even notice that actually. The only time, I mean, I did enjoy seeing him on screen again, but the only thing I really noticed was when he was, oh, he had that awful line where he's like, oh, my ancestors are still here and they're angry. But like, as he was saying it, they like cut away and his eyes faded into the mountains and it looked such like it was such a bad transition. I hated it so much. You guys loved it. It's fine. It's fine. No, I didn't. No, <laughs> I loved the scene. It was nice seeing him back. And I, I don't know that that was the most uh, that was the most enjoyable uh, scene in the entire film for me personally, just because it felt like an actual monster movie moment. I liked the scene. I just didn't like that transition and that last line. That's yeah, all. I, I like it because it, that that is a fun scene, and, and the rest of the movie is so so dour and fucking just it's it's kind of soaked in dread. I like my monster movies a little bit more fun. How would you make this more fun? I don't know. Like, you know, make make it scary. You know what? I would have liked to seen the mind sequence extended a little bit. I thought that was way too fucking short for this film. At the beginning? No. At the, well, no, I thought the one at the beginning was fine. Uh, the one at the end, when she goes in there to actually go get the little boy and to oh, yeah, confront yeah. the Wendigo and all that stuff. It I, felt too easy. Yeah, it did. Why did it feel so easy? Like that thing that thing has been like murking motherfuckers this entire thing, right? And then like she goes in and just beats it with a pipe and, and like stabs it. And I, I just Well, hold on, because the guy tells her how to kill it, right? He's like, the only way you can kill it is <sighs> Look, Kristen, if, if you're fighting something, <laughs> you're gonna try to take its heart out or its head out. Like, you know? Not not knock the appendages off if you can, and then get over there and you and you don't you, you got to double tap it, you know, pop pop, you know, <laughs> you got to keep going. 
<laughs> you like that's the best thing about The Walking Dead. They don't stop. <laughs> they just keep fucking smashing that head in until they know it's done. So if you take the head out and the heart out, it's pretty. It's pretty. It's pretty dead. But it did uh, seem like she just came in there and just I don't know swung a pole she, around. It was like oh hey man it's over. She's like Ray in that first Star Wars movie. Uh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> she could just she could oh, just wait, do it. She was in the last Star Wars movie. <laughs> it all comes back to Star Wars. Totally fucking forgot she was in there. She was wearing a helmet though almost the entire film. Yeah, she was. But that's cool though. She was great. Uh her and Baba Freak. Highlights of uh well the only good thing from Rise of Skywalker. That's true. Not that this movie was bad. I don't want to give the impression that, that I thought it was bad because I, I did like the movie. There's some issues with it though. It looks beautiful. All the it's shot amazingly. Yeah, yeah, it's gorgeous. Yeah, I like the the low hanging mist in the trees, mm-hmm. or fog, whatever the fuck. I don't know what it's low hanging. Oh, I don't dude. think they did there's... that though. But yes. And I was wondering, like, there's I so much fog. There's so yeah. much fog, and especially yeah. the cities in fog. They had it has to be real. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's beautiful. Otherwise, you'd be out there with like fucking like <laughs> four thousand hazers. I have, I have no idea you would do it, but like. Um, it, it it adds a like a other world worldliness to it. And, you know, <laughs> is Lily coming to say hello? She's like, I know about Wendigos. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you what. Now you're gonna be quiet. <laughs> no way. That may be the best one you've ever captured. Yeah, that cat. What were you saying? Uh, Wendigo? What? I don't remember, Brian. I'm sorry. Fucking cats. <sighs> so what? I here I can. I was trying to see what this was shot on. I was going to say the all of the mist and how serious this film is. I kind of got vibes like from the others, which is another no 90s way. film. What? That is a 90s film. I'm telling you, this is a 90s movie. It is a 90s movie. Uh, this may be the first movie that I have actually watched that I can say that it's the Sony Cine Alta Venice. It's a Sony Venice. Uh, it's a 6K full frame camera. And I think that the full frame really lended itself to making this thing look amazing. Interesting. It says Sony Cine Alta, but it says negative format red code raw. Why is a Sony shooting red code? I don't know. Is that for the intermediate? It says negative format, and then it says digital intermediate 4K master format red code raw 6K, 6K source format. So maybe maybe the fucking Sony Cine Alta Venice camera shoots red raw? That's weird. Why would red... I, that's a proprietary codec, right? I think IMDb is stupid and wrong, but <laughs> I'm I'm impressed with. I don't normally like Sony cameras, and uh, I think this movie looks great. I mean, are we sure that IMDb is right? They're supposed well, to I'm, be. They're supposed to yeah, be. They're, they're supposed they're, they're to be. But anybody they're, they're, with an account, the, it's free to make one. Can go in and log it and change it. They're the film bible. It's like the Wikipedia for the encyclopedia. Okay, they're never wrong. Excuse me. <laughs> right. Exactly. If it's on the internet, it's true. Obviously. Except for those couple times where it's been on the internet. It's been not true. <laughs> but we're not going to talk about those. We're times. not going to talk about those. That Those times aren't important right now. But as when we're talking about the image, I do want to bring up one thing. I think the movie should have been shot in 2351 instead of this 1851, which is probably... I agree. Was was Pan... Let me see what Pan's Labyrinth was. Oh, that, dude. Uh, I'd be really surprised that wasn't 235. Although it may be... No, I'm just trying to see if, if this director likes to do this aspect ratio. I mean, the, I'm sorry, the producer, Guillermo. You know, I think Guillermo del Toro producing may have... Pan's Labyrinth 1851. Okay, so there you go. 
I'm telling you that it, it's an influence from Guillermo del Toro because he that because I think that there's something about uh, with the one eight five one leaning back to that TV thing, and also it's it's the it's the storybook. It's it's like it's like you know it's it's it, I don't know. It just feels leaning back to that TV thing. What are you talking about? Like you were saying, it feels like a TV episode. What does that have to I do with Guillermo del Toro though? I, I'm thinking that he likes that that the taller the like the the more like the the, the, the taller framing than, than the wider framing because you're getting more of, of you know, when, when you get in close on something, you're getting more detail out of it. You're getting all of that, you know, instead of, like, everything being wide with a lot of negative space. Yeah, I think you're right. Because uh, Scott Cooper's <laughs> last movie, Hostels, was uh, 235. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. I'm feeling it. I'm, I'm feeling this is This is definitely a uh, Guillermo influence. Let, let me see if uh, Out of the Furnace is also... Two three five, yeah, that's two three five as well. You're right. Look at me feeling this out just visually. Yeah, <sighs> look at you, Jared, on fire tonight. I'm a fucking fire, guys. Whew, man, I feel like Elvis, like just like wiping them, like uh, like scarves all over me, and just like passing them out to the crowd. Oh, get you some. <laughs> <laughs> get you some Elvis sweat. Mmm, <laughs> mm, it's salty. I, I do think having Guillermo del Toro's name attached to this movie. It does kind of set the film up for a little bit of a failure of it to meet expectations. I thought a lot of this was missing a lot of the magic that his movies have. Well, like I was saying, his his stuff feels like a storybook, like like it's like you're, like you're reading a like a fairy tale. Well, I actually I feel like this was a night. This is a nice medium because I can see kind of the fairy tale influence that that he had on this, but the movie ultimately does not have his characteristic kind of fairy tale qualities if you will um i i do think with a lot of the framing i do think with a lot of the drawings i do think there's just like a little bit i i can see like there's kind of like a little magical element but ultimately i think this is the story is kind of dull the writing is kind of like there's some flaws in the writing like like it's just not it's not his like i can i you know what i mean but i can see his influence on it it feels yeah. formulaic. It feels like they're they're hitting beats yeah. a lot, and I I even said that at the beginning, and I was scoffing a lot, and but but I, but I was scoffing, and then I would look over at Brian, and he has this like childlike look on his face, enjoying <laughs> it, and I'm like, maybe I'm a douchebag, and then I, I, then I turn back and I'm watching. <laughs> I'm like, I'm just, I just want to go, man, look at this like exposition that they're just throwing out. Uh, I don't know. It, it felt a little forced, like like they're just going through the motions to get get past all of this shit, so we can get in to start seeing the cool stuff. But even yeah. the same thing with like the kids' drawings, like the and those drawings are really cool. But like kind of the way that they brought them out, and then she just found all of them, and like, and then they just happened to match. Like we've smash. seen that before, it, though. Yeah, we've seen the kids just, draw crazy drawings before, and it felt so like. But like even I've seen the it. way they did it, but even the way they did it, it was so force like it was not like a revelation where did you get this it belongs to the child like okay and you expect me to like they they, they looked a little too good yeah you think you think how old is this kid you think you think he's drawing like that or maybe he just he's has the power 12. of the wind he's he's, that kid's 12 <laughs> to be fair like in all horror movies the kids always draw really goddamn good <laughs> Oh, dude, it was the same problem I had with that movie Juno. I was like, N- kids don't talk like this. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, Diablo Cody. Uh, <laughs> wow. Hold up. Let's back up. That was a pretty good script. I'm sorry. No, no, no. no I'm, 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 I'm poking fun. She's great. She's great. Her tattoos are amazing. Um, <laughs> Damn. Diablo Cody. <laughs> Random pull. 
came out of nowhere. Uh, what were you saying? What's she, what's she up to these days? Oh, sorry. <laughs> doing, a, doing a sequel to Jennifer's Body. I don't know. <laughs> uh, starring uh, Elliot Page. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> oh, my God, bro. God. Fucking vicious oh. tonight. Man. I apologize. Ooh. For being so funny. <laughs> um, yeah. Oh, what were you saying about the goddamn? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Maybe we need to see the trailer to remind ourselves what we're talking about. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Fine. God damn it. We're gonna we're gonna play the trailer for Hitler's. Yeah. And we're gonna be right back. What is storytelling? Storytelling started with our indigenous people. Can anyone give me an example of a myth or a story they're afraid of? Lucas. What's going on? We found a part of a man in the woods today part of the man i guess the other half was found in the mine all this has got to be an animal right no animal i've ever seen something is going on with lucas These drawings belong to a student of mine. This is what was in the mine. It's a diabolical spirit. Excuse me, this is a myth. Well, for you, yeah. He's not your responsibility. He has no one. He is my responsibility. He'll come for me. He needs me. He's here. Back. That was the trailer for Scott Cooper's Antlers. Good trailer. Antlers. Good trailer. <laughs> no, no, it's a good trailer. It's got all the nice little beats in there. It even has those like go, 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 go at the end. You know, building the suspense. You know, watching that trailer did remind me this film probably had one of the goddamn greatest jump scares in the last twenty years I've seen in cinema. I have to tell you something, Kristen. Sitting next to Brian, and this jump scare happens, and this motherfucker goes, "Oh!" <laughs> it scared the shit out of me. He oh came out God. of his seat, and I was just like, looked at him, and I was like, "Whoa!" So that one got you, didn't it? <laughs> but I will say, it is. It is it's actually, I think that <clears throat> I think that that single jump scare is worth watching this movie in the theater. Okay, but hold on, because they have multiple jump scares. No, 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 no. This one's very unique. So one, okay. it, it's very Texas Chainsaw Massacre inspired, but they reverse it instead of hearing the sound effect first and then getting okay. the flash. 
That's when you get the flash followed by the sound effect. But it's uh, it, it's transitioning from them in the hospital, right, where they're talking to the doctor, and then it's to the uh, aftermath of the attic and the family home upstairs. It's like a flashbulb. Yeah, it's a quick shot of this, I don't know, some random crime scene photographer just hitting a picture, and it's just a sound effect, and that's all it is. There's nothing scary, nothing jumping out, no cats coming out oh, of closets. Yeah. No, no, no. It, yeah, no no major sting on the music or anything like that. It, it's a sound effect, and it's just it, – but it, it's literally one of the most effective and creative, like, uh, jump scares that I've seen in a really long time. And it, it, I, I honestly think that getting – that experience is worth the trip to the theater alone. <laughs> Honestly, yeah, it, no, you, I mean, like, even knowing it's gonna, it's gonna happen, like, you can't prepare yourself for it. It's just, it's just, it just comes out of nowhere. Do you remember that one, Kristen? Uh, I don't, I don't know that. I mean, yes, but I don't remember it. Being White that flash much of a jump scare of a scare. I think I may have actually screamed out loud. No, theater. no, I just said you went, <laughs> oh shit. Yes, one hundred percent. I was like, I was like, whoa. Well, I mean, I will say there were multiple jump scares in this, and normally I hate jump scares. They're so unnecessary, and I also don't enjoy jumping and feeling startled. But um, I actually really liked them in this. I think they all worked. It not. I mean, by the end of it, when they were doing the jump scares, like in the shed, I was like, okay, we can stop now. But they were still really good, I thought. I don't know. That shed scene uh, is brutal. When those fucking horns come and and, and are just like slamming. This thing is like extremely brutal when it attacks. Yeah, I mean, it just, you know, it it rips you, it gores you and rips you apart. It knows how to fling its horns around. Yeah. I appreciate that. And actually to the point where (laughs) when they didn't like, when the thing was like, just only had, like he didn't even try to kill the brother. He was just like, I'm going to throw you over there. And then, oh, you're still alive. I'm going to gore you in the arm. I was like, dude, like this is your signature. Like, you know how to kill people. Like, what are you doing? I thought it was disappointing. It did feel like he was holding back at the end. Like 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 when the Wendigo went full Wendigo, uh when when it eats human flesh and 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 you know goes crazy and goes full Wendigo, it seems like it's holding back a little bit. Yeah, like I mean, I guess you can hold back for the kids, but like who is this guy? Like kill him. What are you doing? I was very disappointed that this like Matt Damon guy did not. I I, I maybe it is the father coming through and I do like that they had a couple scenes with with the uh, you know meth head dad, where he, you show that he actually cares about his kids, and that you know that, that he does have a little bit of a heart. Um, I think that that you're talking about character. that one flashback scene <laughs> where you get the flashback. No, at the beginning. No, at the beginning. beginning. At the beginning. Oh, he where, he's, where he's like, like stay in the car. Yeah, where he's like, no, hey son, stay that. in the car. Uh, yeah. Here goes the meth. Put this in the glove compartment box. Yeah. I'm gonna go cook some more meth. And then, and then later, <laughs> when, when when he's when he's when they you know, when you see that he's the one who actually screwed the damn uh, things on the door, and he's like you know you know no matter what you do, if daddy's sick or whatever, like he, he had a good moment with his kids there. I mean, I guess oh, that was you don't think nice. so. That was no, very no, nice. that was good. No, was because good. listen, listen, like I feel like I don't really know that many people who are on meth, but I feel like they're not that good of a parent. And so he was like, "Hey, I'm sick. Hey. Don't don't like I'm gonna put this lock on the door. Don't come in." I don't know. I'm not Is sticking up for meth, but for but meth I have parents. I, I would appreciate. I it. I know some methy people, and deep down, they're decent people. They just got a meth, methy outer crust. 
<laughs> what? What are they a fucking donut or something? Or fucking goddamn? Hey man, it, it, it's one. It's one of those uh, maple bacon donuts. <laughs> it's so bad for you. You don't want to do it. They're still man, like, it sure is good. Warm and gooey on the inside, but the outside there's that yeah. meth crust. You got to get through that. Yeah, it's just that it's that crusty meth exterior. <laughs> No, I, I don't. I, I guess they were trying to uh, show the father trying to care for his kids, but I, everybody in this movie, like every character that they show, they they show them. Everybody's traumatized or haunted, or there's always something. Like um, Jesse Plemons' characters is running around looking for peel uh, pills. Um, I, I don't know if they were trying to hint that he was like maybe like an oxy addict or something. They don't ever. I thought really he explain just had it. like a heart problem. <laughs> no, because he, he, he asked for some pain pills he was looking for, and she oh, she put them yeah. somewhere else. And but they were in like a prescription bottle. Uh, but you think no, no, she like... she hid them, and he was like, "Don't don't move my stuff." Okay, but can we pause for a second because I did not know this was Jesse Plemons, and the, like for like a good twenty thirty minutes, I was like, "Wow, Matt Damon got like very plump for this role," and I <laughs> had no idea. I had to like Google it on my phone while I was sitting in the. You like you did you Google what happened to Matt Damon and Antlers? <laughs> I was like, just he did have a Matt big... Damon go full Christian Bale, but the okay. other way? I know, I know. I was like, did he like this has to be like a big role in this movie for him to put on all of this weight and like like he's gonna win like the Oscar Look, for it because I, that's what you, happens. Man. I I know it sounds derogatory and all that, but he is totally broke boy Matt Damon and. But, I like I like him as an actor. I think he's excellent, but I don't know if this was his best role. Um, but but I, I don't think it's his fault. I think it's the director's fault, or the, I don't, I just don't know. Or the writer's just, fault, or both. It, it, I think it's both. Um, I don't know. I haven't seen a lot of this director's work, but the way that Brian talks about it, he's just really into Debbie Downer shit and 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 building these these like vibes. And I, I think that's what I was witnessing in this, and I think that's what I wasn't really like like connecting with. But also, I think it was the bad writing. And like you know, they, they had they had a cool story, and, and, and like by the time that the film starts to get its pace, and we start to see creatures and shit, I'm I'm more engaged and, and moving along. And also, you have this super creepy little kid who's 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 acting very well. I don't know what I, there, there was a change in kid actors like from the Sixth Sense on, may, maybe a little bit before that. But like you know, kid actors used to be extremely terrible. Um, Unless Spielberg was involved. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no doubt. Uh, but like uh, this, this kid feels like he's. I was kind of getting the vibe from the what let let the right one in that little boy. Oh, okay, I can see that. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, like I was like, I was like, it, ma- it made me little child. Yeah, yeah, a traumatized little child. But it also made me feel like that this may be like a foreign film, you know, or like it had a, it had a vibe about it. Yeah, at the beginning, did. and then, but you know, I, he's. He's such a great little creepy little kid. I mean, <laughs> he's super creepy. He's got these dark eyes. Uh, I don't know. Like, there's, he's there's like just... malnourished, also. <laughs> like, he's so skinny. There's no way he's twelve. I mean, I hope not. He's got he's, he's got food. nice sunken face features. Like his eyes are real deep set into his head. It's that heroin yeah. chic that we. Have uh, oh, that's, that's that's what that, <laughs> that's, that, that's what you're always talking about. Is heroin chic? This is totally. <laughs> This kid, this kid just has it, it natural. He's like he's he's got that he's got that sous of heroin. Um, 
And it was shot in Canada, so look, it all ties in. <laughs> well, actually, you know, but but you know, maybe he's getting in, into his because uh, they talk about being able to smell meth on kids' clothes in the movie. Uh, you know, maybe um, maybe he's meth chic. Well, no, well, because I think meth has like the distinct. I don't know, but I've seen like the PSAs, right? Like in meth, don't you like you it fucks up your teeth and you get sores on your back? Like I don't think you did that with heroin. Yeah, I think meth. You're like picking at shit, and like and heroin, so that's not you can't out. like you can't be chic <laughs> if you have like you know pox on your skin, right? You, it's the heroin thing. <laughs> Guess that's true. Yeah. No, no, no. Okay. Like, look, I'm a lady, so I don't. I guess guys don't get this, but like, they totally market to us. Like, don't do meth because you'll mess up your face. <laughs> oh, when you when you go into Sephora, it's like meth, not even once. <laughs> Do you guys have like different like PSAs when you're a teenager? <laughs> I can tell you all of like the the bot like how it'll fuck up your body like <laughs> it's how they market it to us. Oh yeah, no, I I don't know about my what, what drugs are gonna do to my complexion. Yes, well obviously that's what we have going for us as ladies, so it's the most important <laughs> part. All right, okay. <laughs> Keep out eating all that greasy food. You're just gonna break out in all that acne. Yes, we also got that talk. Oh, this isn't school, right. by the way. This is school, by the way, not my parents. Oh, really? <laughs> They're standing up in front of you, in front of all the young ladies, and like, you can't eat burgers anymore. This is actually when they separated <laughs> us for the sex ed talk. They were like, actually, <laughs> your face. Let's talk about your face. <laughs> and you're like, oh, my face. <laughs> there was something extremely funny that happened in this movie, and both of us laughed out loud. In front of everybody, and it was like in a really bad moment to laugh. But <laughs> oh, the doctor! There, there, there is this scene where this really rotund doctor walks up to rotund. <laughs> God damn, bro! <laughs> <laughs> he was he was bursting out of that shirt. He was he bursting was, out of that was. shirt worse than Jesse Plemons in his uniform. Um, <laughs> Fair. Um, anyways, the doctor walks over and he has got the squeakiest shoes. <laughs> And he comes over and he gives bad news, and then they sit on this <laughs> shot of him for like five seconds. He's like, wick, 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 and then it cuts back to them. And uh, <laughs> why did they leave that in? Because <laughs> it's kind of, kind of the creep. I mean, it's funny, but like it's part of like the creoopiness maybe I don't think it was supposed to be funny but it kept dude like <laughs> I don't know I, I kept going hilarious. back and forth on that I was like there's no way you would leave that sound effect cuz you're right it is such a dramatic moment it's like we're talking about the future of this little kid all right I'm going to go I mean there's like they could have easily taken that out cuz there's ADR all I'm, in this movie it's not like they didn't have budget for it we've all been we've all been on these floors before and obviously they're shooting in a real hospital and they had just gone through with the buffer because the boss told them like hey tom they're shooting a movie in here today and I want those fucking floors shining <laughs> So they got the fucking buffer out, and they brought that out, but they didn't realize that the goddamn doctor only could wear fucking orthopedic shoes, and they're going to week, 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 all the way down the fucking hall. Because I get, but also, uh, when, when, after he's done squeaking down the floor, uh, down the hallway, uh, the, our two main actors adjust their blocking because they were open to him. Then they both pivot on their feet and turn toward each other to finish the scene, and when they God do, they both, they both give a week. 
<laughs> what are you goddamn it about? Because <laughs> it's so. It's like, why did they leave that in, man? It's, like, yeah, but what I'm saying is, it, 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 it's so real. Terrible. It's real. It's not. It wasn't like a foley thing. It that's part of the scene that happened. I know, but, but you weird. could they, you they could have could. totally <laughs> taken that out. You could have removed all of the audio from that scene, done ADR for that, replaced new room tone, and, and we could have got, totally gotten rid of that. That was a choice. That was a choice. It was either from laziness or they were just like, no, this is it's funny. It's so it loud. It's so loud in the mix. But that's not a time that you want to laugh. Because when we both laughed uh, out loud, the rest of the fucking audience was dead silent. <laughs> Let's be fair. There were only like other like five people in there. But like, uh, <laughs> uh, I was like, oh, shit. I, I, that was a weird time to laugh because it makes it seem like we're insensitive. But it was really funny. <laughs> uh, well, but I mean, I laughed and I was the only person who laughed when the doctor goes, and by the way, he's clearly had some sort of abuse. <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't believe the state of his accent. <laughs> like, no, like this is crazy when they have him like take his shirt off and he's got all these cuts on his oh. back. Oh yeah, that was at the nurse's office too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they didn't bring it up then. Like, you wouldn't think that. Like, oh no, but you that was fall when, down a lot. <laughs> that was when Carrie Russell first like became interested. Was when she saw all of his scars, his back. She's like, you, she's like, you remind me of my father. <laughs> we used to have p- piano time together. He would touch me. Okay, but can we talk about also all of these people just like show up at the meth house and like go inside? And, like there's no knocking and like they hear weird noises and they're like, oh, I'll investigate. Like, why wouldn't you call the police? Oh, no shit. How crazy is that? Like you you find a door that's like locked and you hear some crazy shit going on. And like what? what? The first thing you do is call the cops. <laughs> It just felt so odd. There was there was nothing dragging them in there, you know, to, to make it felt like that they didn't have a chance to call the cops. Right. Because that's what I was thinking the whole time. I was like, why don't you fucking call the cops? And also, I don't know about opening that crazy door when you hear. I understand that she heard a kid. Like, like you hear that. No, but if the kid is has multiple locks, it, like he's behind a multiple locked door, like the way this kid was. I'm not gonna open it and go in. Yeah, but we've all seen Kiss the Girls, and so like yeah, I understand right? that, like you know that you there wouldn't could think be... that they're a monster. You would think that they're being abused. <laughs> they're no. being yeah. abused, like no. you know, yeah. Even okay, look, no. <laughs> no. Apparently, Kristen hasn't seen Kiss the Girls. I haven't seen we... Kiss the Girls, and also <laughs> she has seen Antlers, so she's gonna leave with a black door. <laughs> <laughs> He's behind the door for a reason. Okay, I'm not gonna intervene. That is not Look, my job. I understand I that you're scared and you need out, but I need that. to call someone else to uh, to deal with this door. Please, he's going to be back any minute. Please open the door. Like, I uh, know I understand. Look, his car. I understand was out what front. you're going you through. You have no reason to think that he went to the store for milk. Okay, this is not a rescue operation. This is a gathering information mission. You have gathered enough information that you need to get the hell out of there. All right. Oh, this... I was trying to make a misery reference. What's Anne's last name? Oh, I did see that. <laughs> oh, uh, what is it? I forget what Annie something. Annie, Annie, what was it? Fuck. I can't remember. Anyways, Annie didn't go to get milk. <laughs> She's going to be right back. <laughs> And she's gonna notice that the what was it? What was it? What the was the figurine? Yeah, the pig. No, she's like, she's like, you know, so and so always faces north, but he was facing east. <laughs> God damn, that bitch is crazy shit. That movie. Oh man, dude, <laughs> so crazy. It's such a good. No, but hold on, because can we say, can we pause for a second? Because like in that 
in the book though in the book in misery she has like her fucking hair and she's like notices that the hair is broken and it's like what the fuck? what do you mean like the hair like her like she has like like hair set out for like traps and she notices that like the oh, yeah. hair is broken yeah that, that's one of the things that people do they, they'll, they'll uh they, you can yeah take... people do that yeah 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 they do. Spies do it. Gosh. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's spies and shit. Like, you, yeah, you can 60s. put hair. You put yeah. a hair across a door frame, and then you. Yeah, can tell that's if what it's... it was. No, yeah, no can... that's stupid. Who does that? The hell. Kristen, obviously, you're not scared of people coming in your house when you're. <laughs> I mean, like maybe the the saliva from your mouth would just like dry off, and the hair would just fall down. No, Brian. Actually, it in, it ends up like crusting into the door frame, and it becomes <laughs> part of it. And you can actually tell. That's why it actually breaks the hair instead of just loosening the hair. I don't fucking know. <laughs> I mean, it sounded like you really knew what you're talking about there for a minute. I mean, I, uh, I have no idea what you're talking about. I never leave things like that around. Anyways, antlers. Um... <laughs> wow, Jared's got hair traps all over his house. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> I've been trying to catch a few rabbits in my day. Um. Oh man! Wow, <laughs> you could have taken it so many places, and you went to that I, I joke know. right away. You're like, well, I always done one yet. Oh bullshit! This thing's been full of them, Brian. <laughs> oh, they've just been so grown. They've been good. They've been so great. <laughs> they've just, they've yeah. been going right over my head. Anyways. <laughs> oh, the pouches that are in the mine that are hanging. Okay. Can we talk yeah, about those for a second? Yeah, I, I would love to bring that up. Go ahead. Obviously, there there's some kind of ancient Native American some mysticism. Yeah, some yeah. kind of some yeah to keep a Wendigo away. We see them for the first time in the mine. Yeah, they're hanging like uh, you know just like a bunch of them, and you have to walk through them to get down in. The... I I guess that the Wendigo was being held at bay down in this mine. These guys go down there to cook meth. The Wendigo attacks them. And it just gets by the pouches now that it attacks somebody else? It's, well, it's infected them with uh, Wendigo semen. So now that they can leave. So it's not, you know, like, apparently, a, like a full-grown Wendigo or whatever. Whatever the Wendigo demon it can't leave. So why does it go back there at the end, then? Why does it go back to the same mine where the pouches were if they were supposed to keep it in at bay? You know what I mean? See, that I, you know, but also, they find a pouch that the kid has been hanging on the door. For yeah. some reason, he he knows about the pouches, and, and he's hanging them on the door. But when they see it, they're like, "Huh, I wonder what this is all about." But they've already seen other pouches before; they know what the fuck they are. <laughs> well, the family they does because they went in the mine. They're the only ones that went in the mine before, you know. No, I, I think I think that uh, I think the Indian guy sees the pouch and he acts like he doesn't know what it is but he should know what the fuck that is oh wait no graham green yeah 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 he picks don't, it don't up they, he looks at yeah he picks up he, he looks at it's like he's like hmm but he he already he already knows well, what that is i don't think he's confused about what it is i think he's just like why is this here that's all like mm, it's interesting that this is in this person's house because there's not... a fucking wendigo here well <laughs> why would there be a wendigo there and he's not like a full-on wendigo like he doesn't become like a full-on Wendigo until he gets the whole body, right? Well, he eat, he eats human flesh and then becomes one. Yeah, well, what was the kid feeding him before? Because just random dead animals and shit. Okay, yeah. so he only becomes the Wendigo when he beca- when he eats people. When he eats eats people. Mm-hmm. Wait, what? Where? When? Did, how did you get that? From the movie? Is it the, the movie? movie? 
It but he was turning into a Wendigo before he killed anybody. Yeah, no, he but, was but, infected. But it, no, but you don't you don't go full window unless like, you eat human fish. Yeah, like when flesh. he ate humans, that was when he burst out it's of when you, it's, it's, that, the meth guy. You, oh, is yeah. that when he uh, when yeah. he attacked the principal? Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. All right. That still doesn't make any sense. When why when he goes full Wendigo, why does he go back to the fucking mine? It seems like he's going back to the place that trapped him in the first place. That's stupid. I don't understand. It's because this. it's because the dad is good on the inside and he's controlling him a little bit. He's like steering him explained. into the mind. <laughs> that was not communicated to me at all. Yeah, it was just it was just kind of weird. I, I don't. Yeah. You guys seen everybody complaining online about this uh, being a Native American mythology full of a bunch of white people? And I'm so sick of people getting upset over dumb shit. I mean, I get it, but damn, this looks like you're just fighting to. To, to have something to get upset about. Well, I mean, if you don't like it. Don't watch it. Move on. What were they <laughs> upset about? Because there's a what? What were they I saying? Th- I think that they wanted the main characters to be Native American, and that way it would be part of their mythology. But then I don't know. I, at the same time, it's like if you watch the movie, it, like the Wendigo is like eating the white people. It's not eating the Native American tribe members. It's eating the people that are raping and pillaging the land. That's what the opening said. And also, it, it, it could affect anybody. It doesn't just nece- necessarily have to, to affect Native Americans. Well, no, okay. I mean, I haven't seen any. I haven't looked for any complaints. But I, I can understand their frustration in the sense that it would be that they probably want a movie about them and for them. And that's not what this was. And so I think they're taking it out on the movie. I mean, I, I could be wrong. I'm just kind of going off of what you guys said here, though. And so I can kind of get that frustration. I mean, I get it. Uh, I don't know. It, it, you would just have to write a different story, like you know. Well, like, right. I mean, that's the thing. It's like it's a different story and it's a different movie. Yeah. Um, and actually, I think the frustration might come in because, like, if it was a movie written by natives and uh, starring natives and all of that, like, I mean, it wouldn't get made. Let's be honest. It probably why do you, would not get made? Why do you have to take other people's? Like opinions in consideration when you're writing a story for yourself, which is basically what's happening. These people want to tell a specific story, and then you got to sit there and think about, oh, well, these people are going to think this, these people are going to think that. Then that, then you're getting away from the original story you were trying to tell. Because you know, people don't want to think for themselves; they want to be told what to think. That's why. No, they they want to see something and then and then figure out a way to be offended by it somehow. That's people that their entire job is like, oh, well, because you can look at any fucking movie throughout time and look at it and say, well, huh, you should have done this or you should have done that. And the people are going to try to write a fucking like article about it and try to stir up some bullshit. Yeah, I mean, are they, uh, are, are they really... It's annoying. Are they, are they really offended or... Yeah, probably like, not. What, I, yeah, that's what I was going to... I mean, probably I don't not. know because I haven't like... Oh, I don't know. I, yeah, th- this has just been from critics from white women and white guys. If this, oh, if, you know? this gets, yeah. if, okay. if you are so offended because you watch this, you're like, oh, how dare they? I can't believe it. Oh, they use like, you know, a fucking folktale from fucking some Native American tribe to, to do this. Uh, uh, you know, who cares? Don't watch it. It's not for you. <laughs> well, no, but I, I mean. It's not for you. It's not for you. Fuck off. <laughs> well, but I, hold, I mean, I mean, generally, yes. But like also like that, I, I I would assume the frustration there is that they don't there there isn't anything for them though, right? Maybe that's a different. I mean, that's and the, or is that not what they're saying? I don't know. Oh man, it's hard to be PC because I I just had seven jokes pop in my head and I'm, <laughs> I'm not gonna say them. <laughs> okay. Uh, I I don't I don't have Mike here to rein me in. 
Like I don't know. I like yes, you're right, Kristen. Like uh, obviously, like we we want to get as many stories and and people in front of a camera as possible. Um, I don't know. That just kind of like if you took this story and you put Native Americans as the lead characters, then that make I don't know that you would just have to change the story so much that we're not no, we're no longer making yeah, this movie. Yeah, yeah. We're making something else. You're making something else. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. Like that. The, the and I I mean what I'm saying is I think they're complaining about this movie. Not that I could be wrong, but not because they have a problem with this movie, but because they're just upset that like that other movie doesn't exist. Yes. Why did? Well, we we yeah. talked about this after. Like, exactly. why why did uh, why did the Native American man have to be like a retired guy? Why couldn't he just be part of the actual police force? Why 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 they they could like integrate more into the story instead of like just it feels like he pops up out of nowhere. It's like oh oh by the way oh you talking about guy, yeah yeah does. Graham Greene. So I was like oh by the way I'm the guy who knows what's going on around here and it just so happens you know he's like oh, he's he's like is, is he is he native? No, huh? Well, that's weird. You know. Yeah, I guess he does only have those two scenes. And then he's got that introduction. Well, not that introduction, but the whatever. The scene from the trailer where he's explaining the Wendigo. Yeah, yeah. He's doing all that uh, exposition. Yeah. I, yeah. yeah, it would have been nice like if you wanted to have like like a Native American character and a brother. It would have been better if like that that Jesse uh, Plemons character, if, if he had been adopted brother. Right, and then he could have been a Native American, and then and that would have tied things in a little bit. Yeah, that would have been better. Yeah, I mean, but like, I think this goes back to like shitty writing, also though. Like, yeah. um, there's some writing faults with this, and I would say that that's one of them. You know? Yeah, I, I kept thinking that this this movie felt like a like it should have been more of a vampire film than a yeah werewolf like Wendigo monster film. I thought that it was going to be more of like a vampire werewolf thing, and then they went like with the deer, and I was like, oh, "Okay, yeah." Well, a, win- a Wendigo is a is a is a thing. Yeah, it's a thing, but it's not. I mean, just like this movie's metaphor of like, like so we got deforestation. You know, people are pillaging off of the land. You know, and then we they have it's just like all these addiction metaphors. The like Carrie Russell's character is constantly looking at alcohol, standing in line, and she doesn't. I buy hate it. those shots. I fucking hate those shots. When I saw Why'd those shots those? in the theater, because it's so forced, man. I don't know. I, it was it was bugging me, Brian. I don't know why it was bugging me so much. Like the the, the over the they like were so quick. We, we, no bullshit. We're over the shoulder of the fucking bottle. It's dirty in the frame, and she's sitting there staring at it. And then like you know, I don't know. It it felt. I had trouble with that for some reason. I mean, I get what you're saying. It's just such a quick scene. I mean, like, I don't know. They're like a minute long. They do like, what, two or three of them in the movie, and that's it. I don't know. I was okay with it. That's a substantial amount of time. (laughs) (laughs) Tough crowd. But I just, I I just, I don't know. I felt like all those metaphors and all that symbolism of like, you know, like taking everything from the land and like addiction and abuse and all this stuff. These are just great for like vampires and like I don't know when you throw the Wendigo in it, it's just like yeah, it wants to consume and eat everything. And like I understand the deforestation part, but like uh, I, I mean, I guess that works into substance abuse, but I don't know how that works into domestic abuse. I don't know. Maybe I'm overthinking it. I don't know. Maybe abuse is just abuse, and if you abuse, the Wendigo gets you. I was googling Matt Damon in this movie. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> Please 
please tell me that someone else has said something about it. No, no, no. But I typed. Can, can, can you give me a review where somebody says Matt Damon has done the worst performance I have ever seen in no, his career? Okay. But no, but Jason um, Bourne has really fallen off. <laughs> no, but um, one of the autocorrect options uh, or the Google suggestions was um, the after scene, the credit or the scene after the credits. And so I sat through all there's of the credits. the credits. There's not a scene after the credits. No, there's not. But I sat through the whole thing, like waiting okay. for it. Because they were like, yeah, it sets up the sequel. And I was like, but there wasn't. There wasn't. But Kristen, as a, as a filmmaker, um, you should always sit through the credits in honor of your fellow um, compatriots. And, yeah, and obviously. That's exactly what happens every single yeah. time. So you yeah. And to enjoy the soundtrack and just be able to process everything <laughs> yeah, no, afterwards. It's nice. Come on. It's nice. And, it's, and you let the crowds go away. But I always love when I'm sitting there watching the credits and then you look down and there's the staff like waiting for you to leave so they can like clean up. And they're, they're just like, God, man, really? I'm like, yeah, I'm going to watch every bit, bro. Okay. What I, I, pay, I paid go, for this movie. When I, I went, paid for this movie. When I went to go see Free Guy, <laughs> do you guys remember that movie? The staff came Barely. in oh, before yeah. it was even over, and they were like, "Oh, she's still in. She's there's a person in here." And so they just sat. And they no. ended up sitting down with like with me and watching the end of the movie. They were I, trying I to. See, I just see them like taking a trash can, and they're going down to the end, and they just start taking those cups and they start slamming them in the trash can, like looking at you, like Phew. Funk, like pouring the popcorn. <laughs> There's that guy, that usher that works at Paradiso, and he, he like he'll come in, turn on the lights, it like you know during the credits, and just be like, "All right, guys, this is a Marvel movie. No instinger, get out of here." <laughs> like, just fuck like, you, I paid for this bro. movie. I paid for this fucking movie. I'm gonna watch it. <laughs> gonna watch it until I see the logo at the end, fucker. Goddamn right. I want to see no aminals were harmed in the making of this picture. <laughs> I want to see the MPAA rating. I want to see what the... Yeah, I want to see what number this was registered. <laughs> I do like sitting in a movie, though, like waiting for those credits. Like, you know, I don't know. Just like, just, you know, especially if the soundtrack's good, man. Just like feeling an ambiance and just being like, yeah, baby, cinema. Oh. I usually sit through the first, like the first song of the credits and then the second song comes on and I'm like, oh no, this isn't worth it. And that's when I usually leave like then. Yeah, but when they're so strong, like at the end of Short Circuit where they're like driving <laughs> off in the sun and they're like, and they're like, and they're like, and they're like who is Johnny? You know, and they just keep going. <laughs> Johnny Five is alive. How do you remember that song? I blocked that goddamn thing out of my fucking memory, Jared. I bet you that was like a top ten like fucking hit of the eighties that year came out. Oh my god. Ugh, NPR would know. Are we at ratings here? Uh, so who's going first? Uh Brian, I'm gonna go first. I thought this movie was gonna be something different than what we went in to see. I thought it was going to be a whimsical, like kind of like fairy tale horror film uh, with the kids and all that, uh, you know, Guillermo del Toro kind of style, which we got a little bit of that. Uh, it's visually gorgeous. Uh, it's given me interest in the Sony Venice camera, which I kind of hate myself for. It's probably more the lens. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, man, it's it, it, it's pretty. Um, we didn't talk about score, really. Um what do you think, Brian? What was the score like? Have you listened to it since? Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's all right. I mean, it's just you know, it's it's atmospheric, uh, moody music, and it's got a lot of um, it's got a lot of like the Native American like chanting and 
like tribal what noises. What are people complaining about, bro? It's in there. You know, I, I don't know. <laughs> I, 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 it just feels a little. You know what it was? We just watched Dune, and that's got like every fucking cultural reference of, of music you could possibly fucking have under the sun. And this just felt right. so very on the nose. It was just it was it, it, it was fine. It was just different, right? And which was, which was my point earlier. This film feels a little formulaic. It feels like we're going through the motions. But that being said, it's like one of those mid-season X-Files episodes. And just like that, I'm going to give it a six. And hopefully the next episode will be better when we see Antler, which is the prequel. <laughs> and see what you did there. We have a reverse alien franchise here. <laughs> we started with a bunch of antlers. Now we only have one. We see how the Wendigo got trapped down in the mine by all those like uh, like Native American uh, nut sacks hanging. From the <laughs> <laughs> Meaning that the inside of each of those is a few walnuts and a couple of other almonds and you know maybe some cashews. Oh, it was a hunter gatherer tribe. Yeah, emphasis on gathering. What they didn't realize is they were actually hanging up those tea bags to be able to dry, so they can actually use them later in the year. But they ended up like stopping the Wendigo from coming because it's a specific tea blend. Because if you didn't know anything from watching any Steven Seagal movie, is that tea can solve anything, and Steven Seagal also has ties to Native Americans, tying it around. Was that a uh, on deadly ground reference? It was. It was. Holy shit. That'll never happen on this podcast again. <laughs> Let's just relish in this moment here for a second. <laughs> fucking Alaskan fucking Steven Seagal. Oh, my God, bro. I cannot believe you dropped that. <sighs> again, forgot about that uh, movie, too. It was very obscure, and I can't believe you, 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 you got what I was talking about. Thank you. I appreciate you, Brian. You have an encyclopedic knowledge of film. I'm here for all the bad movie references, too. <laughs> I got you, boo. Um, I got you. Well, I'm full of them. <laughs> Just don't get the, the children ones. Uh, Kristen, you want to go next or you want to go last? I'll go Wait next. Till we do hook. <laughs> um, I thought this movie looked beautiful. And it was, um, there were a lot of jump scares. Um, it was creepy. Um, lots of people making bad decisions. And, um, well, I think that's a requirement for scary movies. And... Yeah. Um, I will say I think the writing um, could have been better uh, just because the dial I mean the dialogue could have been better but like also like everything was just like very much like like you said like very formulaic like we have to say this so we can get to this so we can get to that and um, there wasn't a lot of room for imagination or creativity really going into this but it's I still think it's good I mean I just wouldn't say that it's like an amazing film, but it's still, I still enjoyed it and I would still recommend it. Um, I give it at least, I'm going to give it a seven. Seven. Man. All right. That's, that's good. Uh, you know, I, I don't think the dialogue in this film bothered me as bad as it did you guys just because we saw that Spencer trailer before the movie. The goddamn dialogue <laughs> in that it was trailer. So bad. It was so it bad. Was I, so bad. I was laughing. <laughs> Dude, the, the the one shot of the kids line. And then the <laughs> mommy, mommy, are you mommy. sad? <gasps> mommy, are you sad? <laughs> really bad. Like giving a kid a line reading, and it may be the accent. Maybe that's how British children sound. <laughs> no, they all de- they all deliver flat lines. 
Oh, did you man. see that trailer, Kristen? No, I didn't see any of the trailers. I walked in exactly as the movie was starting. Oh, you and Griggs always skipping the trailers. No, it was. Um, I was just uh, very busy that day, and I was so happy I made it on time. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that, that could have that could have something to do with my not noticing the uh, the, the bad dialogue. But I don't. I, I like uh, I like creature movies and um, I like horror films and. Yeah, the the story does have some issues with it. I agree with you guys, but I, I did like the the direction. I I thought the movie was paced well in terms of like the the horror moments. Maybe not like overall pacing. Like it doesn't work from scene to scene, but the horror moments really <laughs> really work. Even though the the writing is cliched, and you know what's going to happen when that principal shows up at the family house, you know she's going to die. Oh yeah, she's done. Uh, but. They do a really good – Scott Cooper does this really nice thing where he just, he draws that moment out all the way up to the door so you really feel her walking through the house. And it is kind of like, yeah, honey, why don't, what, you should get the fuck out of here. Why are, you, why are you not going to get help? Why are you continuing? The of the smell is amazing. But, yeah, it just it, – it, it does – it does it, it works. And oh, there's, a, there's a great shot where they're going into the mine in the beginning – the movie, and you know, I, I just thought for a minute I thought this film was going to be dog shit because it's like looking at the framing and these people are walking in and they're the bottom third of the frame off to the left side of the frame. It's like, what the fuck kind of framing is that? Are, they're just going to walk by and we're going to get like a shot of their feet or something. This is garbage. And then they did this really smart thing where the room isn't filled out like you think it is because it's black, and then they they shine their light around and there's this curve and they go around then and they they go into this nice like I don't know like little two shot. Well, that's kind of like a almost a wide cowboy, and it's just nice, man. It's just every, everything's thought out pretty well in the horror moments. It's just the character building moments with the backstory; those moments don't land. And I, I do want to know more about the brother and sister character. I, I, I want to know something about them so I can care a little bit more about them because I'm so detached. I just I, it's hard for me to get the feels with these guys. That being said, I did really like the practical effects. I thought, even if the end monster was CGI at the end, like, whoever did the compositing on it and the model work, I mean, it moves like it's fucking on hydraulics. And it, it, fuck, it looked awesome. Really super loved that. So I think, I think I'm gonna, I think I'm gonna go 7.5. Maybe, I'm gonna go 8. I'm gonna go 8. I, I enjoyed it myself. Like, I had a good time watching the movie. It's just afterwards, it's just, I kind of wanted some things to, I wanted it, things to be better. And Guillermo del Toro's name on this, I think, kind of, it kind of ruins the movie a little bit, you know, because there's expectations with his name, and this movie does not deliver on those expectations. This is kind of a Scott Cooper film. If you've ever seen Out of the Furnace or Hostels or uh, what was that Jeff Bridges when he made? Uh, that's the only film of his I haven't seen. I think it's his first. Crazy Heart, the country music singer one. This feels like one of his movies. This is his first horror film. I don't know. What are you going to do? you got to start somewhere. I guess he needed uh, Guillermo del Toro to hold his hand through it. But maybe on the next one, uh, he can go and, and spread his wings and do something completely original on his own. And I, I think he'll be better that way. Or maybe I'll, I'll be better as an audience member. I don't know. Be- beautifully done, Brian. This movie is bombing at the box office, though. It has made $5.6 million in seven days. That's fucking horrendous. What was the budget? Dude, I was trying to find the fucking goddamn budget for this thing because I was like, how much did this cost? And I was like, it's got to be in between 10 to $25 million. It's got to be somewhere in that ballpark. I cannot find it anywhere. So with that, you guys have been listening to the Movie Crew Podcast. You want to get in touch with us? You can do so by sending us an email to themoviecrew at gmail.com. 
That's the movie crew. Crew spelled C-R-E-W-E. That's right. Extra E at the end of the word crew at gmail.com. You guys can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at movie crew pod. We spell crew correctly on our social media platforms. Let's make this really difficult, bro. Uh, I try to, Jared. I swear. <laughs> so, Jared. Jared, where can the audience find you? Brian. Brian, the audience can follow me if they want to follow me. I mean, if, you, if, if you've gone this far <laughs> and you still want more, hit me up on Instagram at CheckTheGate or on Twitter at Jared B. Cowan. You, nobody's going to do a Greg Zeke. <laughs> nah, man. It's just nice to not hear that this week, but apparently you <laughs> couldn't let that happen. Well, that's what I'm here for, Jared. That's what I'm here for. And Kristen. Where can the audience find you? You can follow me on Instagram at Kristen Magdalene. That is Kristen with a K and an I. And uh, you guys can find me on Twitter at Elkins Edits. And uh, we're going to close out the show tonight with uh, track number one from the Antlers soundtrack titled Those Who Destroy the Earth. This is from composer Javier Navit. Enjoy.